When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I've not eaten KFC ever since Pamela Anderson did a documentary about how the chickens are made in KFC. I've not been to a fast food in about 10 years. <clears throat> I'm back now. Uh, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas podcast. I'm Daniel Tuluk. I'm Double H. He's not double H, especially after recent activities in the world. He's half hope, and I'm Carl Anker. I'm I'm the 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 sword and the knight, and the person that constantly corrects this man. Um, How can you guys I, not? You, you need to have cool AKAs. I mean, you can't say hello. My name is Carl Anker. Thank you. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that my voice? What? <laughs> have some flow. Have some some flow. <laughs> you know, that's what I sound like. Yes, yeah, like, uh, my, my name's Carl Anker. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's, 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 that's. Your Twitter name, you changed it to uh, two H's. I'm yep. like, oh, if the, if the wrong community sees this, they might have assumptions of you. Look, look, guys, the fact of the matter is that when you say double H, it only totally means one thing, and that's, and that's half hope. That's a fact. <laughs> so it's like, that, is, that is not a fact. That's like, like <laughs> the fact. You, just, you, say, you ask anybody on the street to double H, they say, yeah, that's half hope. So it's like, mm, you know, no, nah. The, the what I think there's a Chelsea goalkeeping coach, or he he was a former Chelsea player, um, Henrique Hilario, <laughs> and he would have HH on his um, training top. Mm. So I was like, you know, nobody's gonna think you know he's with Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Have Hope can get away with it. I don't know. Um, yeah, we're back. Thank you for listening. This is episode sixty six. I'm a bit rusty. Sixty six. Um, yeah, episode sixty six. We've been doing this a while. Have Hope. Carl's almost been with us a year. That's pretty crazy to think of in and of itself. Yeah, man, he swooped in. He wasn't here from the, from the start. You know, he swooped in, you know, trying to, you know, muscle in on a little... Do, do, do you remember your book. first episode, Carl? What episode number was that? 26, maybe? Something or other. I think I had to talk a lot about why Jose wasn't working. It was sometime around about November, maybe October last year. Nah, nah. It was, it was December time, I think. What? But yeah, 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 it was December. But uh, I had a point and I lost it. Oh, you, you've done way more than half of the episodes now. 
So Carl is is his podcast now. He's he's um, a veteran man. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Please follow us on SoundCloud, by the way. We're very close to 200, relatively. So, uh, yeah, leave iTunes reviews or Apple Podcast reviews, I should say. Then we'll read them on the show. We haven't got any recently. Um, so, first topic. We're going to go De Boer, we're going to go Money. Let's go Money. So, so, first first game of the week, people thought Liverpool versus Manchester City was going to be crown jewel of a game it was going to be spectacular fantastic uh premier league showcase contender for game of the season perhaps and um man city win five nil um it wasn't really that compelling i suppose it was uh an intriguing game in terms of talking points but not really in terms of the actual play on the pitch and uh the major talking point would have to be sadio mane being sent off do either one of you believe that that shouldn't have been a red card nope uh, I watched the game with Kev Byrne, London, and in real time, after the tackle was made, I did a ooh, and as it looked as if the referee was going to give the red card, I said, absolutely not, absolutely not, gave the red card, shouted the expletive at the referee, then I watched the replay, I went, oh no, that's a red card, he kicked him in the head, it's a red, he kicked him in the head, and uh, I find the discourse about this interesting as we have more replays and more photography um, so just this in the last couple of hours, an image of Edison with the stitches in his cheek went up. Uh, he got his clock cleaned and it's a miracle one. He isn't concussed or two. He's hurt even more. I know certain football fans were talking about Mane not having his eyes on the ball or talking about the nature of intent. But what you have to understand is the FIFA laws don't judge based on intent or where your eyes are. They judge on what constitutes this dangerous play. And if you've got your foot nearly six foot up in the air near someone's head, that's dangerous play. So money, you know, it's honest, as have hope said in the aftermath, it was an honest mistake, but it's a deserved red card. I also think it's very interesting that people are saying the red card is what ruined the game because the red card isn't what made Liverpool suddenly incapable of defending properly. Liverpool are susceptible to these problems and that has very little to do with money. If they lost the game 2-0, maybe, but to capitulate completely and get done 5-0, that, that shows a, a a soft underbelly and a, a wider problem with Liverpool's play. I still don't think it's a red card. <laughs> it's a red card. You make a good point about the FIFA rules don't judge intent, all right? But just if we're going to go by common sense, I've always no, no, whoa, like whoa, 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 whoa. Now, someone... Very smart once told me, always beware an argument that's prefaced with common sense because common sense is just how you interpret stuff based on your own personal experiences. And how you interpret stuff is very different from how I interpret myself. So don't call your argument common sense. It's common sense. Um, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's my version of common sense then. Um, that's if, 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 <laughs> I mean, it's the only sense I have. So if we're going to use my perspective or my lens on this, red cards should have a level of intent behind them, right? So if you but make they it- don't. This, so this is the problem with a lot of the arguments that have come in the after after money thing, where they're going, if this happened here, and if this happened here, then it's not red card. And you're going, yeah, but it didn't happen. What happened is money kicked someone in the head. So you're saying that every kick in the head should be a red card? Yeah. So what about John Terry and um, 
Abu Dhabi in the two thousand. I don't think so. I, I think it was a legend. No, Carl, you're 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 shading this with your interpretation of head safety. Am I correct? Absolute hard line on kicking someone in the head. You have a hard line on kicking someone in the head. I don't. Well, there you are. We're not going to agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think if Mane makes a legitimate play on the football, which he did. No, he did And Ederson, yes, he did. His his eye was on the ball the whole way. How was he supposed if, to know that Ederson's face if, is going to be the way? If anything, the argument that his eye was on the ball the whole time is damning to Mane rather than on the side of Mane. Because if you're talking about he wasn't even looking at Edison, then I'm like, then that constitutes this dangerous play. Surely, surely that counts, constitutes more as dangerous play by not having your eye on the player as well. And if you read the FIFA laws, anything that constitutes this dangerous play constitutes a foul. So the argument that he had his eye on the ball the entire time isn't something to defend Mane with. It's something to damn him with. Let's say one player doesn't have their eye Just on, don't kick anyone in the head. on the rest of the 21 players on the pitch. They're having dangerous play at that one point. That, that's a slippery slope, isn't it? If you're not looking at someone, then it's dangerous. Ha- okay, so if Mane goes for the ball with his head. Yep, but he didn't. And, 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 and his he head. Didn't. He didn't, though. Dan, this is the thing. Don't argue this in the same way we argue, like, school debates and said, if this thing happened and this thing happened, if Mane went with his relevant. head. It's relevant. It's relevant. No, it's play- not. If no, he tries not. to play the ball with another part of his body. It might then, not have been a red card, but he went with his head, foot and he kicked him in the head, so it's a red card. That's it. I, I tell me what money was supposed to do. Not go for the ball. What? I, I don't understand why this is so controversial. Look, I understand, I understand why this is so controversial to former footballers. I understand why. So imagine they Shearer said he'd have gone for the ball, Ian, and said Ian Wright would have probably gone for the ball, and Gary Lineker probably went for the ball. And cool, yeah, maybe. 10 years ago, before we knew about CT and concussions and what kicking people in the head meant, you probably would have gone for the ball. But what we know now, you can't go for the ball. And you can't go for the ball your foot. If Mane's going at that pace and you realise he's, he's going to be late, because let's face it, Edison got there first. He, he has two options. Know. No, no, no. Wait, wait, but Edison got look, there first. Look, it's this simple. Basically, if you're a referee, you have to deal with what you see. You, you take out intent, you take out oh, what you thought it was because you can't put yourself inside a place and say, you know what, was his intent right or wrong? You have to see what happened. And the fact of the matter is that in that situation, Mane is a footballer, you've been playing football a very long, long time. You know that nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, in that situation, a keeper comes with his head to head the ball all the way out because he can't use his hands. And it would be a bit awkward at that height to use either his, um, his thighs or his legs. So you know that the keeper's going to use his, his head. So, Mane, you're making a gamble. Your gamble is that, can I get this ball with my foot before the, the keeper gets his head there and nod it past him and put it through an open net? Mane gambled and he failed in, in his gamble because he got there too late and he connected with um, Edison's head. And it's a red, red, it's a red, red, it's a red, red card. So bringing in incense, this, everyone, is, that doesn't matter. Black and white, that's how rules work. Is this a foul? That's a foul. In the rule, it says dangerous play. It's dangerous play. So it's like, there's nothing to argue about. So guys like Garnell and Lineker saying, oh, the game has gone soft. Or, no, no, no. You're only saying that because it's ruined a really good game. I was sad that money got sent off. But when you look at it, it's a red card. It's at just worst, it's a yellow for me. This a game. yellow? I want this recorded for posterity because I don't say it that often. I agree with have hope. I completely agree with have hope. I completely agree with have hope here. He is absolutely correct. Uh, and this basically falls down into, are you willing to accept the rules 
if it put, places uh, an importance on player safety in the case someone breaks them. And Dan, your viewpoint very clearly says no. That's fine, but you also got to be, you know. I just don't understand what money was supposed to do. It's it's, it's a don't foul. Don't go for the ball. Dan, why can't you accept don't go for the ball as an answer? Because you're a striker and you're, well, a forward, and you're trying to score a goal. It's that simple. Yes, as a stri- as a, an attacker, you're right. Of course, he's, he has every right to go with the ball. Let's play hypothetics. Mane goes for the ball. He gets there before Edison's head. He manages to nip it past Edison. He puts the ball in the back of the net. It's not a foul. 1-1. He wins. But that's the gamble. The fact is that he gambled and that didn't happen. He ended up getting there too late. And your punishment for getting there too late and connecting your foot with the guy's head is you get sent off. That's it. So, of course, you have okay. everywhere to go with the ball, but okay. you have to make sure that you, that, you, that you get there without making a foul. You got there too late. You made the foul. You suffered the consequences. Okay, so in the court of law, and you can argue that the court of law isn't FIFA or isn't football, so fair point, right? But let's say that Mane's foot hitting Edison's head is a murder of, or, or, or a killing of some kind. There, there are divisions of, of murder or killing, rather. You have manslaughter and you have murder. Classify this as manslaughter or murder, if you understand my analogy, that the foot hitting him is some sort of death. I, no, no, no. You're still I, no, going no, no, to no, prison. No, no. Yeah, of course. There, there should be punishment, but there are levels to the punishment. So I would argue because there's a lack of intent on Mane's side to harm Edison, one, because he doesn't know it's there, and two, because it's an honest challenge to control a football, which is kind of the point of the sport, that this would be <laughs> more manslaughter then it would be murder. And if it's manslaughter, to me, that means at this worst, a, really a yellow card. Oh, no, no, Dan, no, no, no. This no. is a really poor no. argument, Dan. No. You can't, look, Dan, you can't kick someone in the head. And you talk about this being a complex <laughs> sport. In UFC, no, sorry. Dan, in UFC no, no, no. you can't kick someone in the head. And that's a combat sport. Like, you can't kick someone in the head if they're on the ground. Like, you can't kick someone in the head. And I don't understand why you're so desperate to be able to risk the chance of kicking someone in the head here. You can go for the ball. But make sure that you'll get there before Edison. Before Ed- Edison, if you don't, you suffer the consequences. You have every right to go for the ball. Make sure you get there before him. You don't make contact with him, and you put the ball in the empty net. If you don't, and you're too slow, and your foot connects with his face, you get a red card. So that's the and gamble you take. If I'm allowed to jump in it, there are other ways you can score than just poking the ball past Edison. A great example of this is what Ibra did against Joe Hart in the four-four. Where Ibra went to ran up to Johar, realized Johar was going to get to the ball first, and went, "If I back off, I can catch where it where it punches it and hit him with the bicycle kick." There is more than one way you can score that goal that don't involve you putting your foot near someone's head. I, I gave you a scenario before of what if he goes for the head, and you were like, "Daniel, don't use ifs." So now you can use the Ibrahimovic example for another scenario, which is another way to. Oh, Dan, Dan. Obviously, I'm being a little bit devil's advocate here just to get on your guys' nerves, but. <laughs> I'm saying you're saying you know you asked me what can Mane do and I said he can either not go for it or he can either run up to it realize he's going to lose the ball back off and then try and catch the rebound with like Ibra did those are his options for the option of running in getting there late running in getting in late and kicking someone in the head means you get a red card because that's the laws of the game we've had the 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 luxury of the past 48 or however many hours it is to watch replays and and think about what could what he might have done what should have happened what's legal, what's moral, all this kind of stuff. But in the heat of the moment, when you have one second to make a decision, 
you're going to go with your natural instinct, which is, all right, I'm a football. I'm going to use my foot to try to control this ball. And then, oops, I hit someone in the head. I didn't mean to. It doesn't <laughs> But it doesn't matter to me. That's what I'm saying. Like it does matter to me. It matters to me. It doesn't. It doesn't to the referee. It doesn't to the governing bodies. It doesn't to the people that. Of course not. He got a red card. Like I'm just saying, from my perspective, the red card is too harsh. It's not. It's the rules of the game, mate. The game is the game. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) No, 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 no. But but, but, yeah, that's the whole point. Like the, the points I keep on making is that yes. He has every right to go for the ball. Yes, he's trying to win the ball. Yes, he's not trying to injure Edison. But I'm sorry, life is harsh. If you were late, <laughs> your, leg, your foot hit him with the head, you get a red card. I'm sorry, that's just a harsh reality of life. You were too, you were too late with the challenge. You messed up the attempts to get the ball before Edison, and you suffer for it. That's if it. you guys were the ref, you would 100% give him a red card, no reservation. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I thought the referee got it wrong. Then I saw the replay went, he got it absolutely right and well done to him. He should be applauded for the red card. Neither of you think that this has a, a, even a tinge of, not, not an overreaction, but just it's harsh. No, no. you can't kick someone in the head. No sympathy or empathy for money here. Wait, or, no. It's sympathy for Edison. Sympathy for Edison. I blame Edison for what happened to him. He put his head where he did, where it didn't need to go. <laughs> oh my like Danny it's like if you don't watch football matches is that 10 times okay nine times out of ten a keeper uses his head to head the ball I know engine that's his I head. know but Ederson was able to see the whole thing develop because he was coming off of his goal line to see the ball okay so he would have seen Mane hundred percent I don't think um, Mane sees Ederson because he's looking behind him to find the track of the ball to put it on his foot. But Edison, you know that a keeper is going to be coming out, though. Like, no, like... I don't know I what mean, Mane's thinking. I don't know what Edison's thinking. So this is getting into a realm of complete hypotheticals and just uh, guessing, as it were. But I think Edison would have known, okay, there's going to be a bit of contact here. Kick me in the face and bloody me and potentially blind me. Of course he doesn't think that. And, and, and in that respect, I feel bad for him. But I'm just looking at it like... Edison, you should have seen my <laughs> something like that. It just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I mean, no, basically like you know, no, Danny. Basically, what you're basically what you're doing is that like I know I know what's happening here. We got robbed of what would have been a really good game. Mane was balling in that game, and we would have had a really quality game with what Mane was doing in that game. And it was it was all set up to be a really great game, even if Liverpool were one zero down because we we're playing so well. So what you're doing is. You're trying to find out different ways to try and justify how money could still have remained on the pitch and it would still have had 11 v 11. I, and, I, and I get that. I wanted money to stay because it would have been a great game if money was there. But the fact of the matter is that you're going to take all of that out and be objective. And my main thing is that, yes, I wanted to see a great game. I don't want to see somebody with, with their head injured. I don't want to see people injured. At the end of the day, that could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Because we're not because see, see Danny, you're not talking now because Edison is fine. What if he's in he's in a hospital and he's and he's, he's got brain damage and he's asking to have surgery? Would he still be making the same arguments? Yeah. So you'd still be making the same arguments if he had to have brain surgery and couldn't my, play my argument is Mane doesn't mean to do that to him. And, but and, your and, leg was and raped because he and doesn't he mean it. I feel as like if a red card is harsh. Now, if I take a step back from it. 
right? And I'm looking at this from kind of a, a footballing or a humanitarian perspective. The red card is going to make sure that players don't do that, right? So it's going to hopefully uh, other players would, when the same situation happens, they'll look and they'll think, hey, that, that happened to Mane. He got sent off. Or, hey, they might think about, yo, if I do this to the goalkeeper, they might end up like Edison. So maybe I won't do that, and maybe that will eliminate that type of play from the game. So maybe it's a net positive, although although Ederson's face wouldn't uh, agree with that being a net positive. However, in that situation, I'm still looking at it like there's no way Mane, as a, as a scorer, as a footballer, is going to just let the ball go. So it, it was just two footballers, in my opinion, doing what they were supposed to do. Or, or, or at least doing what was instinctual. The goalkeeper needs to come off because if he doesn't get it, Mane takes a touch around him. Mane has to go for it because if Edison doesn't come, it's goal. But it was, just, you know, it, it was just, it was just, it was just two footballers doing what they were supposed to do, and it ended up with a horrible and, collision. And I'm, I'm sorry it happened, but the red card for me is just, it did something yeah, doesn't I, sit right about it. And 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 maybe it's like you say, maybe I just wanted the game to be eleven v eleven. But at the end of the day, it's I just I'm looking at it from Sadio Mane's point, like, and like what the. What was I meant to do then? Not go for the ball. But I that can't happen for me because I have to go for the ball. You don't I disagree. With, I, I agree with Dan in the sense of that in that situation you do go for the ball. I no, think no, Hapo's no, right. Why, man. why I said that. Half hope is the most correct out of all of us. Yes. Uh, yeah, I will I, say, Dan, you don't have to go for the ball. You want to go for the ball. That's there fair. Is a that's fair. Difference. That's yeah. Fair. No, 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 no. Yeah. And also, hence why I use my my argument of. It's, it's the gamble. It's the whole thing of like, what if? Mane could have got there before Edison. Edison could have been too slow off his line, nipped it past Edison, didn't make any contact, put it in the back of the net, it's 1-1. Boom, you don't have to give a, a card. But the fact of the matter is that again, for Mane, he is not too, he had zero malicious intent, but you got there too late. Yeah. And, you don't, and that's just the punishment. So, like, I understand you say it is harsh and everything like that, but from the referee, it's the right decision because you got it too late. Your foot with studs connected to someone's face, one of the most delicate parts of the human body, that's a red card. So even back to Carl's point, it goes to the point of where players have to look at that and say, do you really have to go for that ball? Mm -hmm. Because what if we have another scenario where a player goes for that ball the his foot clenched to someone's head and he has um, brain damage for the rest of his life. If you have permanent brain damage, Fair then enough. everything changes. <laughs> Half Cope is correct. Half Cope has been 100% correct all podcast. Because if you have a permanent brain damage, you can't play football ever again, it completely changes your life, then people will say, you know what? We are completely banning any sort of high foot. Any sort of high foot is straight red. Then footballers will now look at that and say, well, you know what? I'm completely taking this out of my, my game. So then football and the way it is changed and how referees will become so much harsher towards high foot will change based on what the result was. I, a guy got brain damage for the rest of his life. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, well, if you guys want to take it from the from, from, from the literal perspective, I think you guys are 100% right. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from the more personal side, I feel like, just, or, or at least Mane's side, you know? Um, and I'm just like, boy, it's tough, but you know what? You got the too late. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. it's harsh, but... Yeah, yeah, he, he lost, he lost, he lost the gamble. So, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you guys there. And let's not forget that, you know, in the lead up to that event, you know, Salah had Otamendi on skates. He was a walking red card. <laughs> if Salah had, Salah had 3% of a chance Great that he chance. could have easily finished. And and he should have used, he should have scored from at least one of them. Egyptian um, Cavani. 
Possibly. He's, I, I tweeted, I tweeted, he's going to be fantastic when he realizes he can shoot away from the goalkeeper. Um, it will come. It will come. I, I, I still haven't picked for my signing of the season um, because I think he's going to be great in that system. Uh, the next three games we'll have are against three very winnable opponents. I think outside, I think the hardest test in the next three games is Leicester. And City look great. It, it's really frightening to see Manchester City's front six click in such a menacing way. You know, I I, I suspect that Gabriel Jesus might not have everything it takes because we only saw him from a very small sample size. But um, Half Hope was right. Gabriel Jesus is legit. Um, him playing in a front two with Aguero is very interesting because I think it was a... Jesus' second goal on the 3-0 where Aguero squares it to Gabriel Jesus uh, looked fantastic. So just two great strikers enjoying some unselfish play. So if City play with two up top, that could be really frightening for a lot of teams, both in England and in Europe. Uh, Benjamin Mendy was superb. I think City scored 24 goals using what's known as the low cross. You know, if you play FIFA, that's triple tapping. The cross <laughs> yeah, button. Yeah, yeah, I saw your tweets, um, dude. <laughs> yep. Uh, Benjamin Mendy. So Man City scored 24 goals using that tactic the last season. And Mendy's one of the best fullbacks in the world at doing that. So that means they've perfected that uh, weapon archetype. Leroy Sane was superb coming off the bench. Um, I still don't like Kevin De Bruyne being played as a deep-lying playmaker, but he's playing fantastic. He got two, maybe three assists. The goal he did to get the first, the, the pass he did for the first goal for Aguero was sumptuous. Um, so yeah, City looked like the real deal, and also Liverpool looked Liverpool looked great, good in patches. Salah was great in patches. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold had a, a shaky game in parts, but I think you know he's still only eighteen. When he gets his game together, he'll be fantastic. Uh, you got to bear in mind the players that are yet to come back to this Liverpool side. Lalana's going to come back. Coutinho didn't play because of what we termed emotional reasons. Um, but yeah, you know, Liverpool Liverpool are only going to get stronger because what if Mane can't play the next three games, I would assume this is now time for Coutinho to step up and play in that final third, which will is more than enough to beat the the best of the rest, the non-top six clubs. So it, it, it was harsh on Mane, but I think... Thank you! 5-0. It's harsh on Mane. You still deserved it, mate. Yeah, yeah, anyway. You kick someone in the head. We've talked about this for 20 minutes. So let's, it's, let's move it's, on to it's other... It's way longer than 20 minutes, bro. But <laughs> can we have a small word? world? Can we have a small word for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's lost his last two games by nine goals? Yeah, but come on, man! It's like, how much was he really involved? I mean, that is such a overrated thing to say. I was like, look, come on! How is he to blame for all the losses? Come on! Give me just the L's travel, I guess. But his yeah, debut um, for Arsenal was the eight-two, and now his debut for Liverpool was the five-nil. So. Yeah, um, we got a question. One last thing on Liverpool. Um, Liverpool couldn't win the Premier League by outscoring their opponents in 2013-14 with Sterling, Sturridge, and Suarez. So why do they think they can do it now? Because Klopp is a better manager than Brendan Rodgers. Have you guys seen the um, those side-by-side com- stat comparisons of like how many points yeah. Rodgers had after 70 Rogers games, how but many like, points Klopp has? Rodgers mm-hmm. has more points at this point. So that's a bit interesting. And uh, our money question from Robin Puttipat. Yes, would the money red have been a red if the keeper didn't challenge? Does this make the decision more arguable? That's a bad question, mate. I don't know. But I, I feel like the answer to your question is somewhere in that conversation. So if you go back and listen, you might find it. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Say the question again for me. Is, is it a two-part? Break it down. 
Would the Mane red have been a red if the keeper didn't challenge? No. The, no, but because, he did. Because if, so if, it's a red. If the keeper doesn't challenge, then Mane controls the ball. <laughs> and then he's one-on-one -on -one with Edison in goal. Probably scores. Does this make the decision more arguable? Um, no. No, because, because it didn't did happen. Challenge. So I'm not sure yeah. exactly. Um, where do we want to go next? Oh, De Boer, of course. So we have a ton of questions here about Crystal Palace sacking Frank De Boer um, after four games, the shortest managerial reign. Can we call it that? In 77 days. Boy, let me just go through all these, and then one of you can pick your favorite of them. Um, this is from Board X Corps. Is Frank De Boer unlucky or not very good regarding Palace and Inter Milan? Um, from Kirkin at... 49-13-00-36-3. Frank DeBoer sacked premature or deserved. Um, this is from False9 at Teske. Were Crystal Palace right to sack FDB after four games, knowing he needed time plus a new squad to change the club's philosophy and ethos? And from Mason Boris, how is it that when DeBoer fails, he gets sacked, but when Wenger fails to get top four, he's rewarded with a pay rise and two more years? Uh. <laughs> We're still talking about Wenger. Jesus. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not I'm not mentioning mentioning Wenger, man. No way. Of those, I guess the one that encompasses them the most would be, at least in my opinion, from Teske. Uh were Crystal Palace right to sack FDB after four games, knowing he needed time and a new squad to change the club's philosophy and ethos. Bad fits for Inter Milan, bad fits for Crystal Palace, and I knew it's once he got hired that this was not gonna work. They signed two players in the offseason. They signed one guy from Ajax and then Mohamedou Sako. And then they brought in a couple of loans, Fosu Mensa or Loftus-Cheek. So they didn't really back him in the transfer market. And then they expect him to kind of work miracles in such a short span of time. I mean, obviously, no goals, no points in four games is, is horrible. But you're asking the man to change... Uh, what would have been a Pulis side, then a Pardew side, then an Allardyce side, and over the course of four games. I mean, it's a mission impossible, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Hope what? is correct again. So I think they hired Frank the Ball because he's a big name. And they wanted to, um, the board, especially Steve Parrish, wanted to wow the fans a bit after their bad season. They made one permanent signing. The majority of them are loan deals. Well, they made two permanent signings. One of them was Sako, who had already been there on loan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't go from a Sam Allardyce side to a total football Ajax side overnight. Yep. And to, to do it after four games is is ridiculous. It's a bad high in the first place. They should have backed him more in the transfer window. And to sack him after four games is ridiculous. But while it's also ridiculous... <laughs> I guess you can maybe commend them for realizing their mistake early on and just getting it over and done with before it got even worse, possibly. I mean, Palace should have got at least a point in that Burnley game. They looked, they they really did. They looked better. They were changing back to a back four. Benteke missed a lot of sitters. He's going through a real bad run of form right now. He's very much a confidence or a, a catch-up style striker where he's get his goals come in bunches. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, as as Hope mentioned, he was a bad fit for Inter Milan. He's a bad fit for uh, Crystal Palace. The ball will probably find himself in a, a, a smaller club. He'll probably take the AVB trajectory and end up in Russia or Portugal and then figure himself out there. Yeah, I think what's also interesting is after the 
the the defeat to Burnley, Steve Parrish, the chairman, tweeted out, um, let, let's stick together and not make hasty decisions. And then 24 hours later, you sacked Frank the ball, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, I just think he's very unlucky. I mean, this might be the, the theme of the podcast as such. No, the boar. Um, he took over at Inter Milan, what, after Mancini got sacked and had, like, what, a week before the season started? Eight days. Yeah. He just didn't have enough time and wasn't going to have enough time in order to implement whatever brand of De Boer, Ajax, total football philosophy he operates under. And uh, I still don't know if he's a good manager or a bad manager because I don't think he's been put in the proper situation to have uh, an actual chance. I'm sure he won how many leagues with Ajax? Maybe two or three? Um, four. Four. Wow. So Ajax hadn't won an Entrevise Day in seven years, and then he won four in a row. Yeah, but it's the Eredivisie and it's Ajax, so um, you, you you do better than PSV and Feyenoord, and I'm not exactly sure what that means. Did you guys read, there was a, I think it was a piece in The Guardian that said the some players, not all, but some players didn't appreciate De Boer doing flicks and tricks and hitting free kicks from long range. Like, basically, he was a better footballer than them, and it, it made some of the players feel uncomfortable. And I was thinking that doesn't happen in Real Madrid. Like <laughs> I saw a video of, of Zidane doing like flicks and tricks and um how would I explain this? Do you know when players have the ball behind the corner flag and then they try to bend yep. it into the goal? He was doing that basically. I was like, you your manager Zinedine Zidane, he's obviously probably gonna be a better footballer than you. I mean, even though it is Real Madrid, so they have like, you know, the best or some of the best technical footballers in the world, but still he can, he would outshine you in training doing some drills, I would assume not going to have a revolt at Real Madrid. So I guess it's comparable on some sort of level. Um, it's, you know, but Zidane is the perfect fit for Real Madrid. Zidane couldn't manage Crystal Palace. And... Zidane could probably, well, no. Never no, 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 no. Get relegated quicker, quicker than you could say. What? The, the reports are saying that Crystal Palace began... Zidane would have to play for Crystal Palace not to get relegated. The reports are saying... Palace began looking for replacement two weeks ago. So they realized the error of their mistake in hiring him almost immediately. Um, so you've made a mistake. You're, you're a Premier League side that's lurched from, from one disaster to another. So you've had Holloway, you've had Pulis, you've had Warnock, you've had... But, yeah. Like, I mean, Carlos is completely right. Completely right. Like, I, I see. But, because again, like, Allardyce is the perfect kind of a manager for Palace. Harry Redknapp is a perfect kind of manager for a palace. Someone like a De Boer, it is the wrong fit. Like, you need to give De Boer, like, a team with players who know what they're mm. doing. Because something like Palace requires a lot of coaching. And someone like a Redknapp and Allardyce know how to really coach and manage. They know how to really manage on that, like, low-ground level. Yeah, but if you, only, if you only make one addition, essentially, because, as Carl said, Sacco was there last year, how do you expect him to change the philosophy? Is it that the board's the mistake, or is it that the Crystal Palace board are incompetent? It's it's the I mean, the Palace board is incompetent even before you get the board into it. So as Kev said, tweeted earlier, he says what he said was he doesn't understand why more Premier League clubs don't scout managers in the same way they scout players, and it's very clear that Palace bought the board brought the board in because he's a big name, and they wanted a win. Um, and I think a really interesting parallel is to, to bring up what happened to Newcastle and Sunderland last season, 
Newcastle last season, they go up. Newcastle, no, not last season, the season before that. They have Steve McLaren. He's very, he's painfully unfit for the job. They persist with him. They persist with him. They persist with him. They keep going. They keep going. They keep going. They give him the January transfer window to fix things. And he's not good enough. They were too late to fire him and to bring in another manager. The manager did bring him. Rafa Benitez probably would have kept him up if he had a couple more games. Mm, but it was yeah. too little, too late. Um, another one is David Moyes. David Moyes was painfully unsuitable for the Sunderland job. But Sunderland kept with him, kept with him, kept with him. David Moyes said if he knew the problem, the, the, you know, Moyes was parachuting very late because of Sam Allardyce taking the England job and then losing the England job. Moyes said if he knew how bad things were, he wouldn't have taken the job. Um, they stick with Moyes. They give Moyes the January transfer window. It doesn't come. Uh, and he takes them down and he leaves uh, at the end of the season. And it's one of those things. It's do you stick or you twist when you realize you've made the mistake in who the manager is? And some clubs, some clubs have, some clubs rightfully twist. So Hull made the right decision in getting rid of Mike Freeland and bringing in Marco Silva. Because they realized Freeland wasn't up for the job. Silva is a better fit. And Silva, you know, if they had hired Silva a bit earlier, they probably would, Hull would, probably would have stayed up and Swansea would have went down. Uh, and very similar for Swansea, where they realized Bob Bradley wasn't the right guy. And went, right, change it immediately. And let's go get Paul Clement. And it's, it's a case of how well-organized your board are. And Palace, from what we've just seen there in the report that Palace were looking for a replacement two weeks ago, they very clearly, after the second game, went, this is not going to work. We need to get this guy out. I'm not sure if Roy's the correct person to do this. That strikes me again as a bit of short-termism. But I've got a soft spot for Roy, so I hope it works out. Explain. Why I like Roy Hodgson. I just think he's a good manager. I think he's a good manager for uh, the bottom 12 sides in football. And I think he did some very good work as the England manager up until the, the last US. time he managed? Was it West Brom? Yeah, West Brom. When When was this? So he took the England 20, job what, just 2011, like week, 2012? Weeks before, 20, weeks before Euro 2012. So five years ago? Yeah. And you think he's just going to jump in and be okay? Like, maybe. No, I don't. Th- I don't think he would. I'd like him <laughs> if he would, because I think I think Roy Hodgson's a very nice man, and I think he's mm. one of the very rare nice men in football. But yeah, I think Crystal Palace has dropped a bollock. <laughs> Look, if you're going to make a mistake in hiring Frank the Boer, you have to back him, and they didn't back him, so that compounded the problem. Mm-hmm. So therefore, four games in, you have a choice. You can either go right. We now have to back him and give him the tra- January transfer window to fix things. Or we have to just go, sorry, mate, no hard feelings. We completely blew this and got this wrong. Do you mind leaving? And unfortunately, they took option B. And here we are. Yeah. Any Anything else in the Premier League you want to talk about very quickly? Martial, Martial needs, to, needs, needs to hand back those ankles. Immediately. Oh, my goodness. You ruined him. He needs to hand back those ankles with immediate effect. People in my mentors were like, was that Zuma? I was like, no, man. Of course, that wouldn't happen to Zuma. It was doof. That would never happen to Kurt. But yeah, that was that was disgusting. Um, Champions League. The Champions League has returned to us, thankfully. Um, or not thankfully. It makes our podcast episodes a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of the Champions League, man. That's it's um it's 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 a sweet thing, a very sweet thing. Let's let's just Fair. run through these matches very quickly. Um and then we'll, there's one there's one big match, so we can focus more on that one. But uh Benfica. CSKA Moscow. Is anyone clued up on this? It's it's in uh, Benfica, so I guess we just yeah, go with the no, home team. Benfica, they, they'll, they'll win that. Oh, it's wow. pronounced Cisco rather than CSK. Really? It's not an acronym? Yeah. It's uh, 
No, it's Cisco. Oh, wow. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Stan Collimore did a very good breakdown of how certain teams mean certain things. So, like, Kiev means certain things. Uh, Kiev. Kiev football team. Keep talking amongst yourselves. So, yeah, so now you're right. Easy win for Benfica. Should be, should be. Um, um, although Russian teams start the Champions League very early because this is coming to the tail end of their season. So they famously do the group stage very well and then fall apart during the uh, last 16 because they're, se- they're in the off-season come the group stage. So they are. There we are. Manchester United played Basel. <laughs> this will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> of, of course, the United fan thinks this is going to be interesting. This should be like 3-0. Right. So football teams called Dynamo are sports and fitness clubs. Um, and football teams called CSKA mean something else. Let's look this up. Uh, Jamie Whitehead, a Aston Villa fan and BBC journalist, who I think is just called Jamie Whitehead on Twitter, will know the correct answer. He is also very wise when uh, around the true name behind Sporting Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon, because they're not called Sporting Lisbon in Portugal. I think they're called Sporting Club de Lisbon. Um, because Sporting Lisbon is another side in Lisbon. It's like how Ajax isn't the official team of Amsterdam, but because the Dutch royal family have an own, their own private team in Amsterdam, and Ajax is just the second team of Amsterdam, but the most well-known. Um, so yeah, there's some mildly interesting European football facts for you. Do you know, do you know that there's a Paris FC? Yeah. Well, in, in Paris? Yeah, there's like Paris FC. It would be like... Uh, like a London FC almost. Um, there might be one. Who knows? But there's Paris FC and then there's PSG. Um, speaking of, Celtic hosts PSG. Um, it should be fun Aha, watching. Found it. The Warsaw Pact. If a team is called Spartak, it means that it's the gymnastics club. Oh. So Spartak, Moscow and whatnot. If a team is called Siska, that is an army team. <laughs> if the team is called Dynamo, it is a police team. And if the team is called Locomotive, it's a railway team. Sorry for the short diversion, but there you have it. Celtic host PSG. Should be fun watching Neymar and, uh, and, the, and the rest of the crew just body Celts. Well, Celtic are not being good at Celtic Park, though. No, Carl, they haven't been good at Celtic Carl, Park Carl tells me that's a myth because of the World Cup cycle. Yeah, um, and I think if you saw, I mean, I've been watching League on not to the ex- extent that I think you have, um, <laughs> but... Uh, I watched. I saw the team lineup for the game against Mets on Friday, and you've got Mbappe as the ten, Cavani up top, and then out on the flanks you've got Neymar and Di Maria, and they won five one. And it's just, it's a procession now. They have Draxler um, there. Where's Lucas? They've got a surplus of talent. He scored as well. <laughs> it's you, know, I mean, you know what? You know what? Though, like in that entire league, man, he's disrespecting the whole league. In uh, in Champions League play, I think they're gonna miss. A Matweedy player, though, maybe not Matweedy himself, but someone like him, because you're kind of mm. relying on Tiago Mata to yeah. do all the dirty defensive work. Um, obviously, Verratti can play that as well a little bit, but they they need more legs, I think, in midfield. So that that'll be interesting. But Celtic shouldn't be a problem, should it? Uh, Munich play Andelect. That's gonna be a a murder um, at the Allianz. Um, Chelsea play Carrier Bag. That should be. I, I don't know about these guys. <laughs> but I'm still feeling it should be a three nil, but I think that, and then it'll probably end up being like a a one nil to us, to Chelsea rather. That uh, it's a bit cagey. 
Roma Atletico Madrid. That's probably the second best match. Yeah, that's the that's the hipster choice. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? It's in Rome. Quick impressions. It probably still Atletico. Uh, I think this is going to be a like Madrid one. Goal. I think. Or just a nil-nil. Nobody wants to lose the first game of the group. It's their post forty year. They've lost Salah. They're on a bit of a. The quality of their squad is a, a little bit lower than what it was last season. Whereas Madrid, Atletico Madrid, know how to win Champions League games. So this will probably be a very... Champions League finals. <laughs> ah, good. Well said. I think this will be a very interesting one or two nil victory for Atletico. Hmm. Um, Olympiacos play Sporting Club de Lisbon. Is that or is it Lisbon de whatever it's called? <laughs> in Greece, so nil nil probably some weird score in Group D. But Barcelona Juventus is is the game we're all going to watch. I would I would think. Yep, it's in it's in the Camp Nou or the New Camp. Which 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 way should English people say it, Carl? I call it the New Camp. New Camp. Uh, camp Nou is uh, what the native speakers call it, I believe. So there you have it. Yeah. Um. So. Have hope. Mm. Barcelona, Juventus, talk to me. Juve don't have Bonucci anymore. Chiellini is injured. Quadrado is suspended because for some reason people carry on a red card given in last season's Champions League to this season. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sergio Ramos. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Juve are pretty much screwed, man. I just think that they'll give Barcelona issues and problems, but I think Dembele, Messi, and Cannibal will get that ass. So, and then on Wednesday, uh, Liverpool play Sevilla. Liverpool should have this. Yeah, yeah. Maribor play Spartak Moscow. So Spartak would be, uh, don't tell me, gymnastics? Uh, yes. I can't believe I just looked this up and I've already forgotten. If there were four options, I'm doing process of elimination. Spartak is gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because CSKA would be Army, Dynamo Police, Locomotive is obviously train or or railroad, so that would leave Spartak to be gymnastics. So interesting. Um, But Maribor aren't going to win that, I don't think. Feyenoord host Manchester City. I'm interested to see Pep's squad rotation here. And for Chelsea, I'm interested to see the squad rotation that and and also Liverpool, like Coutinho might get a game, we think mm-hmm. maybe. Is this so, guy play? <laughs> he he played for Brazil, so um, I'd assume he plays um, in Champions League. Or if he doesn't play in Champions League, it means he's gone in January if he never plays one. So I'm interested to see the squad rotations there. But I think City should should beat Fine North. Shakhtar play Napoli. Do you know where Shakhtar are going to be playing? They're not going to be playing in Ukraine. Or are they going to be nope. playing in Ukraine but somewhere they else? Can't, they can't play in the Donbass Arena, which is their very lovely stadium that got built a couple of years ago because of unrest in the Donbass area. So Shakhtar have been playing their home games uh, slightly further afield for the majority of the season. Um, hmm. I think Napoli's going to win. Also, you know, As I said before previously, this isn't the Shakhtar team of previous vintages. Um, they still got Serna, but they do? The, yeah, yeah, Cerner is a tunnel. Cerner is their totti, essentially. Yeah, they had, didn't they? They had Textera at one point, Willian, Douglas Costa, just a whole yep. bunch of Brazilians, Cerner, and then just others, I guess. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great 
it's a great uh, recruitment plan. It what is what PSV Eindhoven did for Brazilians in the nineties, and just being will and uh, another of other Dutch clubs did in nineties of will just be the the bedrock of Brazilians that want to come over to Europe before they want to go into a bigger Western league. We'll just let you play here. And, yeah, and you all know, you need is like a, a group of like four or five, and then they get their mates to come, and then you have a little Brazilian community, and they're more likely to come. Porto play Porto play Besiktas. I have no idea about this one. Leipzig play Monaco. Have hope. What do you think about that one? Have hope is gone to get his fish. Yes, he has. I was gonna cook, but now I'm gonna probably just order in McDonald's. But you you eat from McDonald's. Yeah, mate. How could you, man? <laughs> you you know know what what do to those all the those animals, man. No, I've not eaten KFC ever since Pamela Anderson did a documentary about how the chickens are made in KFC. I've not been to a fast food in about ten years. Chickens no, are made at KFC. Man. What do you mean? No, the way that they make they produce the chicken in KFC, how they treat the chickens. Well, okay, so I'm assuming Pamela Anderson, being Canadian, would have been at a Canadian. KFC or an American one, um, would the chickens be prepared in the same way there as they would in the UK? Yeah, of, of course, yeah. It's it's because that's that's the whole recipe. The the recipe and the way it's made, yeah, it's dependent on. I'm not talking about the secret herbs and spices. I mean, like how the like where the chickens come from and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all the same. It's the exact same. same. Yeah, Canada, America, it's all the same, man. All right. Mm. Uh, Leipzig, Monaco. You got an opinion on that? Oh, that's a good game. I mean. One one, <laughs> a good game finishes one one. Um, group H. How many goals are Real Madrid going to beat Applewell by? Eight. No, four. Five. Five. What is four? Is that a baptism? Uh, that's a circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> I find that weird because I. Does that mean a circum being circumcised is bad? <laughs> I mean, look, look. It's it's a very weird psych psychology of what what I use, but it it works. It doesn't it work. Is, it is like technically speaking. Well, no, 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 no. Look, it doesn't work in literal sense. It doesn't work in. It's just dopamine. a funny sounding word, really. Yeah, because when because when you just say <laughs> I, I got circumcised, you're like, man. What do you think of it? <laughs> like, it doesn't really mean anything. But when when you just say it without thinking, it's like, damn, man, that guy they, they got they got circumcised. So it's like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> we're all friends. We're all friends. We can have these tough discussions. Um, Tottenham, Dortmund. So these games happen at the same time, boy. So you have to pick between. Uh, that's not that tough. I think Tottenham, Dortmund is the game people would watch rather than Liverpool, Sevilla at Wembley. So we get our first taste of Tottenham in Europe in Wembley. They we played that last season, mate. In the yeah, Europe they did, didn't they? Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Did I, do I forget that quickly? Them yeah. losing to uh, to Monaco. Was it two 0 in their first they game? They lost to Monaco. They lost to Monaco. They lost to Leverkusen. They beat Cisco. Cisco. In the dead so rubber. Uh, so yeah, uh, Dortmund. Who who we have in the Spurs Dortmund game? Harry Harry Kane has scored. In September, he's going to unleash, as Skip Bayless might say. Um, unleash <laughs> Pro probably Spurs, right? Like 2 1. Uh, I, I think two, two, maybe probably edges. I think, I mean, no, you know what? I think I, I'd say, you know, I'd say 1 1, either 1 1 or, or 2. So I think it's going to be a back and forth. Yeah, I think it's going to be a draw. Be a yeah. draw. 
What is your favorite predicted scoreline? Do you think, like, over the course of your of of your predictions? Two I think I, I think mine is like nil nil. I don't believe people will score for some reason. <laughs> it's just a stupid no, thing. No, no, I like, say. I'm like you know what? Probably nil nil. Ridiculous prediction. Obviously, Carl hates three one. But is there one that you like actually think happens more than others? Like two nil or something? Yeah, two one. Like, two nils. Two nils. I predict two nils a lot. No, I, I predict 2-1s a lot, especially if it's between two pretty close teams. 2-1 is a very popular scoreline. When, when I was a gambling man, I used to bet on accumulators in the lower leagues, both teams to score, because no one can defend in England. There you have it. It's a good little tip from our, from our friend, our pal, Carl Anka. All right, there are 20 minutes left in this West Ham-Huddersfield game. Um, it's a nil-nil. It's been very, very bad from what I've been watching. So we're going to try to do all these questions by the time this game ends. Um, and also, we got um, Hernandez Carroll, the big small. No goals to talk of as yet, have hope. So your theory is... Uh, it came close. It's, it's, they will come good. They will come good at some time. Hernandez is, the, is my captain of my fantasy football team. <laughs> oh, mate. It worked once. I was like, you know what? Let's do this again. Nope. All right. That mash guy asks, yo... How did you guys talk about midfielders for so long without mentioning Roy Keane? Do you guys not rate him? Yeah, he's um, all right. Um, now, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting this conversation about midfielders. So if someone could refresh my memory. Um, uh, we had a very long conversation about whether where Skulls uh, fell, fell in, the debate, in the debate between good midfielders and whether Iniesta is one of the greatest all time. Um, Keane, look, I'm a Man United fan. Keane is... Fantastic. I think something that gets overlooked was how good Keane was passing-wise. His passing range was far better than... For the, the general con, con, consensus is that he was a great defensive midfielder and a bit of a clogger who would beat people up. But in his pomp, he was a fantastic box-to-box. Great range of passing. Some games he would win single-handedly just from what he was doing in midfield. Especially, he would ruin Liverpool on a frequent basis. Is Liverpool it correct that at uh, Nottingham Forest he was a like a, a playmaker, and then Ferguson yeah, yeah. made him more of a steel rather than silk, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he, he was. You know, he, he had he had, he was a greater attacking player than we perhaps give him credit. Um, I think modern modern in the modern view of what we look at certain midfielders, I think we probably call him uh, a defensive box to box midfielder. Maybe he started, he started off as an attacking box to box and now he's a defensive so box to box. Like a, um, what, what, what would be a contemporary kind of example? Maybe like Matic, just right footed? He maybe started off as more of an Aaron Ramsey type and then eventually developed into more of a Matic type. Hmm. I'm not to say he's of that quality, but just of that sort of playing style. Do you think looking um, back, we get kind of caught up in the the hard band? It was Keane versus Vieira in the Manchester United no, Arsenal no, no, rivalry. No, no, no. So, so then we guys, guys that watched, especially when during United's treble run, especially in the Champions League, Roy Keane was pretty damn good. He's still an idiot. He still thinks <laughs> he's tough, and there's something psychologically wrong with him. What he did to Southgate during that Champions League run. <laughs> For United, I mean, he did. He did. Got. He did set himself out to injure Alf Ingerhardland, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, that was. Ooh, he did, what just happened? He did. Co- Obiang, one nil West Ham. No, Sorry. lovely. Yeah, yeah no, um, that was no, no. Literally, he injured Haaland. Yeah, Alf Ingerhardland. Yeah. Intentionally, no, no, he did, and he said so. He said as much in his autobiography, <laughs> um, and 
Well, look, he was fantastic in that the, the, in the game against Juventus where he decides he's going to get Man United in final in 1999. It's one of the best midfield performances I've ever seen. Um, I say I've ever seen, I only got to watch the first half of that because as a child, I was only allowed to watch the first half of Champions League matches. I have to go to bed and wake up the next day and my dad would tell me who won. Um, but yeah, really keen in his pump. That's, that's, that's messed up. Keenan is pump was one of the best players in in the Premier League, if not in Europe, and uh, he did leave at the right time because, as Ferguson said, um, he wanted more money, and his legs were beginning to go, so he got shifted at the right time. It's very interesting to see Ferguson's relationship with Keane now, because Keane, I think the general consensus is Keane thinks he was hard done by by Ferguson in being sold rather than backed, and Ferguson thinks, no, you challenged my authority and Manchester United and no one man. Stubborn individuals, aren't they? Two very stubborn, very similar individuals as well. Keane as a manager hasn't quite worked out because Keane, I think he's particularly bad in transfer window and he cannot relate to players of this era. I don't think Keane, Keane stick. I don't think Keane's method of motivating players works on players that are born in the 90s. Uh, if you remember, he was the assistant manager at Aston Villa. The story you have to remember is uh, he, I think Tom Cleverley at the time criticised Villa teammates and Keane knocked on his door. Cleverley was so scared of Roy Keane rocking up at his door, he switched off all the lights in his house and hid in the bathtub with the door locked. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually interesting because Cleverley would have the kind of Manchester United Keane in his head, wouldn't he? Like, oh, this guy's like yep. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's always also, also very interesting to who to hides talk in about. the bathroom. By the way, just quickly on that, like there's nowhere to go. I mean, it's a, it's the safest room in the house. If you hide in the bathtub, you lock the door, and if it's the guy it, bursts in through the door, you got. Well, if the guy bursts in through the door, then you're screwed. Lock yourself in the bathtub, lock the door, call the police, and then hope the person can't yeah, get through. Because like it's like where else can you hide in within a house apart from like your room? It's it's it's, it's the bathroom. So. You think uh, like if, if the person um, gets in the bathroom, you can't get out. I Obviously, Carl, I know we need to talk football. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, you should, if you can ever do it, look up Irish football fans' opinion of Roy Keane because what happened in the 2002 World Cup where he essentially told Mick McCarthy, I don't rate you as a player, I don't rate you as a manager, and I don't rate you as an effing person. You can sod your World Cup, I'm off. Um, is one of the most one of the biggest moments in recent Irish football history. So uh, if you can look up, I think Dion Fanning uh, from joe.ie and joe.co.uk wrote a retrospective on that moment and what it meant for Irish football. Um, so go read that if you ever can. So this is from at Football Regista. Who's the best player in the Premier League? For me, it's Hazard. Two Premier League titles in three years, being the main attacking player, plus the player of the year, has been in the PFA team of the year every year except 2014-15. Since he has been in the Premier League, his stats don't scream out, but he impacts games like no other. Andre, are you just scored, by the way? So, oh, fantastic. Go on, West Ham. It depends on your definition of player. Um, because the most important player, I probably still Kante, considering mm-hmm. he's won the past two leagues um, and been the most important. But if you want to take, like, have hope, the best footballer, then... Uh, <laughs> Then I think it would be De Bruyne. I think. No, for me, I say it's 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 Mane. That's a good shout, Mane, De Bruyne, Sanchez is still up there, even though 
there's there's drama um, at Arsenal. Hazard for sure. I'm thinking of United. Is is there anyone who you would say in United? Pogba perhaps. Um, Mkhitaryan is playing not, well. No, Bai Eric Bai is. I say he's he's up there. Bai interesting. Bai was, was very poor against Stoke. That's one game. Man. Come on. Are there any defenders who we right. who who we would say are like one of the best in the Premier League? Like are they up there in terms of like almost, almost kind of like pound for pound rankings in Look, yeah, companies fit. When companies fit is up there. As Aspilicueta, Aspilicueta. As, yeah, Aspilicueta is fantastic. Alderweireld is the best centre back in the league. I think that's not a controversial statement anymore. I think that guy's superb. Um, I think that the back four Spurs had last year of Rose and Walker, Alderweireld and Vertonghen was the best we had. Was... I'll just rather than tell you who I think the best is, I'll just talk talk about players I like watching in the Premier League right now. I love Ericsson. watching Kevin De Bruyne. I was thinking, like, would would um, Christian Eriksen ever be in this conversation? He's superb. He is absolute brilliance, and one of my favorite players to watch in world football. Superb. I mean, he. Do you think a Tottenham player, like, as it's as presently constituted, could ever be considered like the best player in the Premier League? Look, this your opinion is colored by the fact you're a Chelsea fan. But Harry Kane's just got back to back golden boots, mate. I'm objective to a point. Everyone's to a point, but come on. Um, look, rather than say who I think the best player in the Premier League is, I'll just name players I quite like watching. I like watching Kevin De Bruyne. I like Benjamin Mendy right now. I love watching Hazard. I think uh, Sanchez is great. I greatly enjoy uh, any time Martial gets on the pitch. Uh, Pogba <laughs> is superb when it clicks. Um, uh, David Silva is one of the most overlooked players. I think ever since David Silva's come to the Premier League, he's been one of the top five players in the Premier League, and it's interesting that doesn't get brought up. Uh, Sergio Aguero is one of the best strikers the Premier League's ever seen. And Dembele. Brought... Yep. Oh. Musa Dembele is a marvel. Oh my God. He's so nice. He's so brilliant. Um, you know, as I said before, once Dembele gets side on with you for the ball, you're not getting the ball off him. You look a lot of Spurs um, players, Carl. My dad's a Spurs fan. What can I say? They've got a really good squad. I think pound for, you know, if you want to go pound for pound, man for man, Spurs have possibly, arguably, I mean, I think Spurs last year, man for man, had maybe the best first 11. I so, okay. So, so, Carl, you would say, we're not going to go goalkeepers because I don't want to have a discussion on Lloris, but you say they have the best centre-back. Midfielder, yep. you oh. would say Dembele is what, top? Five, perhaps just top five, top three center midfielders. Okay, and then attacking midfielders, you would say Ericsson's top three, perhaps top five, top five, top five. I'd say. And then top Kane five. is obviously a top five striker in most people's opinions. So yep. you would they have a they have a, a spine as we I guess we could say that you would yeah, rate. There's a reason why they finished second last season. They won't get there this season, but Spurs are really good. Yeah, the Tottenham have some guys. Man. Uh, <laughs> discredit. Yeah, they have some really good guys, and they coach very well. And as I said, while I was watching the Man City game, it's interesting to see how quickly Kyle Walker's regressed. Now he's gone to City. <laughs> like he's he's already making the very pre, the the pre Pochettino lapses in concentration and silly mistakes. But and the and the fact they know, got him out and then got Aria in for like what. Yeah, oh, yeah. For, and, and made twenty million or somewhere around there, or maybe even thirty. Ridiculous! It's great business from from Levy. People give him a lot of stick, but uh, the transfer window was pretty good. We'll see. I mean, Serge Aurier still has to say has to apologize for his comments, but as the Spurs LGBT 
group said they're willing to forgive if he's willing to keep an open mind. So I hope that goes well. I guess this is for you, Carl, from Football God 26. He changes his name like every week. Come on, man. Um, will Mickey break the EPL assist record this season if he's playing in the number 10? I feel, like there, I feel like there have been two players in recent times who have been close to breaking the assist record. I think it was Ozil and Fabregas. Henri has yep. the record with 20. And is Fab- it 20 or is it 19? It's 20 because Fabregas okay. had a great first half of the year in 2014-15, and he was on pace for something like 35 or 36. Mm-hmm. And he, then he just fell off in the second half. And then I think Ozil had a bad first half and then a great second half, maybe yep. last year or the year before. So nobody's been able to get this record. But Mkhitaryan is basically United's – I don't want to say he's their only, but but the way Mourinho doesn't really coach offensive structure or strategy, he's mm-hmm. basically find Mkhitaryan and then he will do good things with the football. So I, he could break it if he plays number 10. Henri's record relies on the fact that Henri wasn't going to get dropped by Arsenal anytime soon. And he had a pre-natural understanding with Burkamp, Perez, Lundberg, and the other – players at Arsenal at the time. Whereas, as we said before, Mourinho doesn't particularly coach the final third. They look... Miguel Delaney was talking about how United look quite basic going forward. Um, at the moment, we're still... We, being United, are still relying on individual moments of brilliance to beat players rather than choreograph moves in the same way a Manchester City will work. Because, you know, Mourinho tends to just buy really expensive attackers and goes, you figure it out. And fine. I think it's a case of, you know, can Mkhitaryan stay fit, keep him the side, which he looks like he's going to do it because he's going to, you know, he's become one of Mourinho's guys. He'll come close. I think he'll probably get 15. That would be good considering last year. I think there was a podcast titled, Did Mourinho Murder Mkhitaryan? Uh, <laughs> we, we, we were wondering where Mkhitaryan was because <laughs> he was Where's Lindelof? Lindelof is going to play against Basel, I think. Interesting experiment for you. Um have hope. This is from Sam Simon. Sam Simon said hi, by the way. This is a friend. He asks, um, how does Bayern, with an aging squad and famously tight pockets, fare in the age of billionaires? All right. Actually, I, I think having money counts if players don't want to come to your club. So in 2003, 2004, did Claude or would Claude McAlealy have wanted to come to Chelsea? Probably not, but they had money, um, and it's in London, obviously. Um, would the likes of Drogba or um, Essien or those kinds of players wanted to come to Chelsea, other than the fact that Abramovich had millions and was willing to spend it? Probably not, but they came because the money was there. I feel like a club with Bayern Munich, even though there are clubs with billions, you're always going to find a select group of players, especially German ones who tend to be pretty good. They're always going to want to play for Bayern Munich. So what they're going to do is they're always going to have the pick of the lower teams in Germany, as you, as what happened with Hoffenheim, where they got um, Sula and Rudy. Um, they're always going to get players, I think. And it's Bayern Munich, so they're an international brand that is probably going to have money. So they're not going to be able to compete with the, the Saudis or the Qataris or some Russian guy with millions. But it's Bayern Munich. They should be okay, right? Yeah, they're just going to do the what Juve are doing, which is just we can pick up international football players for 18, 20 million because we're a known entity. We're a known name brand. Um, We have no national rivals, so we're not going to have the same problem that you get in England where the third best club can't come to us because we've cannibalized all the Bundesliga. So yeah, Bayern, Bayern will be fine. 
And you can, they've got Hamas Rigby on loan, and you can farm out a guy like Renato Sanchez to Swansea. It's not a problem. That was kind of a um, kind of along my next point was going to be if if there's a player at Real Madrid or a player at Barcelona. Obviously, we saw Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez go to Arsenal, and Pedro and Morata go to Chelsea, for example. But Robin was at Real Madrid and decided, hey, let's let's go to Bayern. I think if if you're a good player in Spain or England or perhaps even Italy, I guess, or France to to a to a certain extent. If there's a next club that you want to go to that's going to be able to give you a high level of football, a high standard of living, and will be able to like pay your wages and stuff like that, there's probably no better place than to go from maybe PSG to Bayern or Real or Barcelona to Bayern. Like it's not that huge of a drop off if you need change. And mm-hmm. I think there'll always be a, a reputable enough brand to where that that will continue to be true no matter what. Um Stones can't defend has to be the biggest myth in football. My man was putting on a man of the match performance even when it was 11 v 11. Do we all agree? No packed mouse. Stones is still a garbage defender. I'm sorry. So I don't know. Look, he just city buys. He's not good. The man of the match was Kevin De Bruyne. So there's that. Stones can defend. Stones can't defend to be the greatest centre-backs in English history, which is what people were saying he was. He'll be fine. He's just not going to be fantastic, amazing and Maldini reincarnated. He's going to be right. Just let's not say he was fantastic against Liverpool because Otamendi was on skates because Mendy pushed too far forward and left them isolated. Just because Stones had a good performance, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with him becoming a fantastic centre back of the weekend of the you know the English centre backs that played this weekend. He was better than Phil Jones. Um, he was better than Phil Jones, and that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> That's that's the nicest thing I'm gonna say. He was he was a better English centre back than Phil Jones this week. Have hope. Uh, this is from Shatukar. Will Real Madrid regret not replacing Morata and Hamas? Um, Hamas is irrelevant, so I don't know. Stop. Stop. Morata. We'll wait and see. I mean, because I think that's Real. We're like, oh, yeah, Morata. We don't need him. Blah blah. But when Cristiano lets he gets injured, Benzema beats Benzema. And Lucas Vasquez, I'm sorry, you know, he's not really up to snuff. Yeah, he's doing better, but Morata did a lot off the bench for Real Madrid. So once you now don't have that, and my boy Morata has now, what was it now, three in four, four games, should really be be five in four, really, if he took those total chances. They will, I mean, I think they'll miss him, but to what degree, I don't know, but I think definitely they will miss him. Mm. Uh, We got a question from D.N.D. Durin a Michael Hardy. He has Murata making heading sexy again. I'd love for him to do something with his feet, man. Like it's, it's, it's early days, man. Come on, man. The guy's still feeling himself out. It's early days. It's, it's working. It's working. You know, he's got three goals and I think it's three and five actually. Um, and they're all via his head. He's also got two assists, also via his head. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, no. And, you know, it's four, three and three and four. We've only had four four games of the season. You're not counting the community shield. No, fair enough. It is a friendly. It's mm-hmm. fine. So yeah, he's got three and four. All he's had two assists, both with his head. It's the Premier League, and there's a lot of talk about how the Premier League is a is more physical than the other leagues. Is more physical in Spain. It's more physical in Germany. I was among a section of football fans that thought he would maybe get lost in the the blood and thunder and the kicking game of England, and he does look a little bit short of confidence when he's like more silky football skills as in foot and ball skills and he's trying to pull that off so he's just gone you know what I'll just I'm probably 
one of the best young strikers in the air, so I'm just going to do this for a while, build up my confidence, and I'll probably score a load when it all clicks timing-wise. And I think this is a case of timing-wise. Do you want to know um, what it's called? It's, it's a case of on, on the ground, English football is always going to be tough and they're mm. strong and they're quick to challenge and it's a quick pace and all this and that. But if you're just going to take crosses in the air, it's going to be more about what's in your head and your movement. And I think your movement translates. So it might be easier for him to maneuver getting around English defenders or English Premier League defenders than maybe in somewhere like um, La Liga, where the defenders might know you're going to make that run. So then they position themselves accordingly. In England, they might not expect you to make the run. And the cross has already come by the time they figured out you've moved. His movement in, in terms of getting in positions to head the ball on target, that might be his big advantage, at least initially. And then, like you said, once he gets his confidence from that, then he'll be better on the floor. Yeah. Have hope. Well, you, you gave us your Maratha speech. Uh, let's see. Where else do we want to go? Here, that's heroes and villains. Let's let's do a couple more questions. David Boylan asks, would like to hear someone talk about Tedesco and what he's doing at Schalke. But I'd understand if nobody wants to listen to that. Um, I don't know what's going on at Schalke, to be fair. I haven't been paying too much attention to the Bundesliga. But if anybody does, speak now or forever hold your peace. I am Wikipediaing that person right now. How'd you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> it is spelled Ted, as in the bear. Mm-hmm. And then E-S-C-O. I'd assume he's oh, a manager. Oh, Okay. Yeah, one word. Oh. Born in 985. Young guy. I'll research this later. <laughs> we will get back to you, Dave. So, a couple more questions to go. And then we can do Heroes and Villains and get out of here. Um... Sterling's red was unfortunate, but that's the rules. Yet Mane's booting Edison in the face was unlucky as he was going for the ball, question mark. Is this just more hate against Sterling or a media bias towards Liverpool? It's neither. It seems strange. <laughs> this, this, this is from at Pictured City, so he's coming from it from a, a Manchester City point of view. So he's probably seen a lot of people who have my inclination that what happened to Mane was a bit harsh. So he's he's thinking, is that Liverpool bias? And then he related to Sterling when he got red carded. Don't bring Sterling into it. Sorry. Uh, from Teske, um, who is your premature pick for signing of the season and flop of the season? Premier League only. Um, signing of the season. Does anybody come to mind, guys? I'm going to be between Morata and Lukaku. Between Morata and Lukaku, so you're going to Salah going to do really well, and it's going to do it's going to fr- fr- frustrate you a lot. But I think it's going to be between Lukaku and Morata between those, those two. Good point. Yeah, that's it. See that. Uh, I picked Salah at the start of the season, and I picked Wayne Rooney to be the flop. So in my article for Hype Beast, I picked Salah signing of the season. I picked Wayne Rooney for the flop because Wayne Rooney he started well for Everton, but if you saw against Spurs, one Everton played far too narrow and got picked off by Ericsson and uh, Ben Davis. And two, Rooney's once again playing like a 31-year-old who's actually secretly 36. So. <laughs> My signing of the season, I think, hmm, I think it, would, it was either Lukaku, because I feel like he'll be able to turn draws into wins, although that didn't happen. Over ah, he was meant to turn that draw against Stoke into a win, and look what happened <laughs> he did. there. He did, he did, he did. It was just the defense that let him down at the end. He, he was the one that got him, that got United the 2-1. And then sloppy set piece defending in his 2-2. So he did his job technically. I'm just um, 
maybe Aurier because like of that kind of Tottenham maneuvering where they got in a player well they got a player out for a bunch of money got got probably a better player in for less I don't know flop of the Wait, season. oh you flop um sorry Carl Walker <laughs> oh really That's big claim um. I want to see Danny Drinkwater play, and then I'll get back to you on this. <laughs> Why do people get offended by referring to the sport as soccer? It's just shortened from association, and it's just a word anyway. From Theo yeah. Mosby, I get I get extremely extremely offended by that word. I cannot even describe to you how much it actually sickens me when people call it soccer. It sickens me. Why? And I never, I, I, I never use the, the the term unless if I have to for some weird reason. But I never use use the term. So, but yeah, why it me? me off. Why? <laughs> That's what it is. No, no, because it's association. First it's of all, association first of football. football. Do you know what? Do you know what, do you know what really pisses me off? So when you're Those in America, things. when you say, "Hey, let's play some fo- football," it relates to American football, a sport in which you only use your. F- your feet for like one small segment of oh, the game. Here we go. That is American <laughs> rugby. It's not American football. It is American rugby. What the hell does soccer mean? Football. Football. So soccer, soccer just means stupid. soccer means association football. No, no, it doesn't. It's some stupid yes, it term is. that the Americans made to differentiate. It's not, it's not an it's American football. term. No, it's I don't, I don't, care. I don't care what it's, American it's football. Term. It's football. Soccer does. I don't. I don't know. Football. Don't you dare call it okay. soccer. That's nah, no. All right, man. All right. All it right, wasn't me, guys. It was the questions that were asked that got you guys arguing. Um, you, you know what it is, actually. Have hope. Um, and when when football, American football, first started, field goals were worth more than touchdowns. So actually, using your feet would have been more advantageous than actually scoring a touchdown. Well, Danny but, they, but then they changed it. But they never changed the name of the sport. So there you have it. Well, well, I'm sorry. It's called American. It's American rugby to me. So there you go. Or hand egg. Yeah, American oh. hand egg. <laughs> you guys think you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen that meme with David Beckham and Emmett Smith. Everyone, everyone has seen that meme. Exactly. It's one of the oldest memes. It's a pre-Facebook meme. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I agree with it. Um, these are heroes and villains of the week. I ask people to send them in. Um, so we'll do that segment now. From at Packed Mouse, his heroes were Kevin De Bruyne, Immobile, Klopp for actually attempting to play some football against us, meaning Manchester City. Villains, Crystal Palace, Karim Benzema, and Clavin. Interesting. Theo Mosby says his, his heroes were not messy in a final. LOL. <laughs> um, his villains, Hall City, help, 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 help. And the Australian national football team for missing 100 chances against Thailand. I'll take your word for it. Um, and Mason Boris, or Boris Mason, depending on which way he spells his name. His heroes were Chupo Moteng, Danny Welbeck. Shout out to, yo, we slay Arsenal a lot on this podcast. Mostly my doing, and I apologize for that. But when they play well, I think we should give them a little bit of a shout. So shout out to Arsenal for winning uh, 3-0. Danny Welbeck played well. His first well finish. His first finish was uh, em- emblematic he he- of Danny Welbeck being Danny Welbeck. But his second one looked like Henri. So you know, it is what it hang is. on, mate. Don't don't push it. <laughs> his 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 second goal didn't look like if he tried that a uh, hundred times, he might score ten. It was a very good finish, and it did look like Henri. Maybe just because it went into side netting, and he's wearing an Arsenal shirt. Heroes again, Hoffenheim. 
and the Messi. His villains were Everton, Crystal Palace, Saudi Omane, and Jurgen Klopp. So, do you guys have any heroes and villains of the week before we get into the recommended reads? Oh, you know, hero of the week, the the ref in the City Liverpool game. The villain of the week, Klopp, for not having a plan B. Hero of the week. It probably had to be Danny Welbeck, wouldn't it? Because Arsenal fans were very mad at him um, after the the Liverpool game. And then he comes back and scores two. So that'd probably be my hero of the week. Maybe Conte, just being a homer. Villain of the week. Probably Chelsea fans. Yeah. Can you not find a better word that rhymes with Madrid, guys? Like, come on. Um, yeah. and, and, and people say, you know, oh, they, they use – and you know what? You shouldn't say any word where you have to say the blank word, if that makes sense. So if, you, if, if you're not comfortable saying um, – you know, <laughs> I'll blank this out on edit. So if you're not comfortable saying and you have to say N-word, you probably shouldn't say it. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have to say yid as Y-word, you probably shouldn't be using the words. So whenever it's written, oh, they, Chelsea fans use the Y-word. That's probably a clue that you shouldn't be using it. Um, and for people to say, oh, because Tottenham fans call themselves that, we can call themselves that, not taking into account the history of the word and whether Jewish people actually want to be called that in the first place. Um, it's a bit ridiculous. So Chelsea, man, you guys make it hard for me, man. Look, your Chelsea fans are are, are fundamentally racist. I know, but that's, I that's, wish I knew this before. But I was I was young, man. Like they had like Jimmy Floyd and Desai, and they were in the blue kit. With... That's that's just the, the the truth. Not obviously not all because I know a lot of Chelsea fans. Just that the hard basically as what they say in. In Italy or in the concert, the ultras are racist. You know, the hardcore Chelsea fans who come from that West London area, they are racist. They make it difficult. And then people that you want to like, like fans that you meet online or like YouTubers and things like that, like just say it's bad. How hard is it to say, like, yo, you shouldn't be using that word? Like, there's no excuse for using that. But then they're like, oh, no, there's, you need to do research into what it means and this and that. Like, there's no excuse. Just don't say the chant. Or like ID. There's a bunch of words that end like that. Can't find another one. Annoying, man. Uh, Hero, the John Moss for getting the decision right on kicking on the Mane Edison incident. Uh, Yeah, there you have it. Uh, Villain. (laughs) Uh, Another hero, the Syrian national football team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For qualifying for the World Cup via a playoff. Great story. Rory Smith for the New York Times said he's wary of turning it into a fairy tale. Uh, Stan Collymore said it's a great story because the striker who scored the equalizing goal against the Rand is uh, very pro anti Assad. Uh, my viewpoint is it's nice to have something that Syrians can look at for two hours at a time and just feel happy and possibly unified for a bit. The so, call of the game. Like, I, I don't understand what he was saying, but, like, you felt it, you know, when he, he yeah. got emotional. I have no idea what he said, but I know what he said, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, villain, maybe Palace for their bad decision. Mm-hmm. And Gary Neville for oddly really, really, really wanting to kick people in the head. <laughs> he's, been, he's been going off on one on Twitter about... You just said Jason red. called me a villain. Okay. All right, Carl. Yeah, you are a villain. You know you are. <laughs> I embrace my villainy. Let's let's do a quick fantasy football update. Um, top five: Nishant Argawal, 
237 points. Man. Um, Peter Dinock is in second place, 234 points. Sean Carney, 231. Moses Gates, 231. Robin Puttipat, the man who you sent had a bad question, Carl. It's in fifth place with 227 points. Um, bad question. Good fantasy football. Yeah. Good work, Robin. Priya Ramesh, former guest on the podcast, um, is in seventh place with 221. Never say women don't know football, guys. Ninth. Ninth. There's some guy called Daniel to look. Who knows? Um, Seems fake. Probably. Where's Carl Anka? Let me scroll all the way down. I can't find you, bro. 56. Now, now this hasn't been updated, obviously. So you could go up. You could go down. Um, no, I went up to 56. I'm, I'm getting. I'm, I'm slowly climbing after a bad so, week. Right. So yeah, um, I don't know if it's it's worth it to join the fantasy football league, but if you want to have a bit of fun, um, and you want to join, do that. Recommended reads, Monsieur Anka. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I haven't read that much this week. <laughs> uh, I, I did. Recommend... I, I read two things, but I'll, I'll let you go. I will recommend things that I have saved to read in a, in, like, in future. The Guardian have a piece on N'Golo Kante adding an attacking element to his game since he's joined Chelsea, uh, which is referencing his goal against Leicester. There is uh, another good piece in The Guardian from Richard Foster from 2016, which is what's on uh, what scouts look for in young players, which basically charts how two or three football scouts discovered Marcus Rashford. And those are my two recommended football reads. What do you got, man? You got anything you've read? Um, I say that you read the signs when you walk down the streets so you don't get run over by a car. <laughs> that's, that's my recommended read for the week. Um, did you guys bring up the Marcelo piece last week? Oh, yeah. Did we? No, we did not. You did it? Yeah, that was su- superb. Superb. That would be a recommended read. It's on the Players Tribune. It's Marcelo and Marcelo. It's pretty interesting. And um, at Zit, I think its name is Zito Madu. Um, yep. he, had, he had a piece on SB Nation about him going to, to Africa and about how people in, in his village, in his community, see football as kind of a way out and how he had the opportunity to become a, perhaps a professional footballer. Maybe he was a professional footballer, um, but he didn't pursue it fully and people kind of didn't understand or, or comprehend what it was about. But yeah, it was a, it's a good piece, so I'll link it in the description. Um, I think that's it, guys. Um, so yeah, this is Talking Titus Podcast. Um, we do this every Tuesday. Um, make sure to get those Apple Podcast reviews in and we'll read them on the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow us on SoundCloud if you would, please. That'd be great. Um, you can follow me at Daniel's Look. Carl is at... Anchorman616. Half Hope is at... Um, that's Half Hope Hot. And he does the Half Hope Football Hut on YouTube. Check that out. Yeah, Talking Tactics Podcast, sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football. Not soccer football. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.